All right, everybody. Welcome to Still Sober with John Rabin, episode 224, posting on my birthday week, uh, Wednesday, October 19th. Birthday is on Saturday. It's October 22nd is my birthday, and uh, one year closer to 50. Hope you're doing all right. Uh, if you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. So, man, how do I... Do I want to just jump into it? All right, I will. I talked about... Uh, a few weeks ago, I said that I wouldn't go into details. That there was a moment that... I could be... Where I... I ultimately it was like hey John you don't have to be clever all the time kind of a deal where it was a situation where I was in the right I could have said something but I just I didn't see any point and um, and I was praised by my wife for being um, that I'm growing up and um, and I disagreed so ultimately I thought that I wouldn't share details and I still won't for the most part, but I didn't want to talk shit about the individual because it was a coworker, and I'm like, and it was right in the middle of still things were still happening, and I'm like, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to talk. Uh, I don't want to talk shit, you know. And um, there's you know a good chance people I work with or even this individual would listen to my podcast. They don't. They wouldn't. But there's always a chance that they would. And I didn't want to come off as uh, oh let me talk, let me talk trash about somebody. So I was just kind of keeping it vague. Well, here's the thing. Then I find out that the person in question has been talking mad shit about the company I work for and me to practically anybody that would listen. So I feel that it's fine at this point, right? Um, but I don't need to go into details about what happened um, except for this. The last straw of everything was a no-show, just not showing up to do a thing, <clears throat> to do a thing. And then when this, uh, and then when this coworker, now former coworker, and then when they did show up, they were angry at us, at the company, at my boss, at me. And I've never seen that before. I've never ever in all jobs that I've been around had somebody I've seen disgruntled coworkers. I've seen disgruntled coworkers talk mad shit. I see, you know, uh, quit or get fired in a blaze of glory. I've seen them, you know, with, you know, they've, they've harbored, they've, they've held these resentments in and then, well, no longer, here it is. And wow, I've seen that. I have never seen someone fuck up and then they're the ones that's mad at everybody else. 
That's a new one on me. Never seen it. Um, but now I have. And I bring it up because I had some suspicions that this particular person was dealing with a level of addiction because they were exhibiting self-destructive behaviors that was affecting work, affecting attendance, that, that sort of thing. And it brings up not whether or not this person, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't have to work with them anymore. I don't have to see them. Uh, doesn't I don't give a shit. Uh, but just in general, it brings up something I've I've kind of thought about, which is because I had doubted myself that because uh, I've seen people with self-destructive behavior and behavioral patterns that exhibit. Um, I I think the the nice term uh, phrasing is is addictive behavioral issues. I call it junkie behavior uh, because it's it's just right out there and it's just and it sounds and it just sounds um, it's got an edge to it <laughs> and it's more catchy honestly. They may not be junkies but it's junkie behavior. But the thing is junkie behavior can be attributed to a lot of things. Uh, I've told uh this has come up on the podcast maybe a, a, a year or two ago, I think, that uh, time has no meaning for me anymore. This could have been a year ago. It could have been three years ago. I don't know. But it had come up on the podcast before that um, a certain generation, a younger generation of, uh, of people do not use top sheets on their bed. They just use a comforter. So they've got They've got a sheet that, you know, they've got a, the fitted sheet on the mattress and then they use a comforter and that's what they sleep with, but they don't have a top sheet. And, you know, that's, and it's like, oh no, but I wash the comforter or the duvet cover as often as I would wash sheets. And I call bullshit on that. I think that you don't. I think that you use the comforter um, and that's kind of filthy. And that, and I called that junkie behavior because that's what junkies do. They don't use sheets. They just sleep with their on a dirty mattress with their dirty comforter uh, and just never, you know, they just sleep in their filth. And one of the things, in, the first thing they do in rehab is make you make your bed and you must use a top sheet. That's actually part of rehab that I had to deal with was trying to, when getting you functional, becoming more of a functional person and trying to form those habits over the next 30 to 90 days, you know, you have to brush your teeth, you have to make your bed, you have to sleep with a sheet. So not sleeping with a sheet is junky behavior. That's... Now that's on the low end. On the other end is more like um, smoking cigarette butts that you picked up out of an ashtray or off the ground. 
that's a little bit more severe. There's varying degrees, right? So anyway, that's what, when I say junky behavior, missing work repeatedly because you're getting fucked up on the weekends. And then every time that you miss work or you're late, something, it's because you're unlucky. So things happen to you. You're not causing them. They happen to you. And you have a story and you have an excuse for every time. Well, I couldn't because I lost my phone again. Oh, or this, you know, I, well, this happened. Um, oh, you know, this, well, there's this argument that I was just, and then, oh, man. And uh, so, you know, it's, yeah. The number of time people are sick on Mondays. Really? You're sick every Monday? Interesting. So, the thing is that I don't mind, you know, you can gain the system at your job all you want, but if you work for a small company and you are 50% of the workforce at your company, they tend to notice if you don't make it. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different than if you're in a call center on a team of 20, 27 and you're like, hey, um, <coughs> I've got the COVID, I think. You know, because you wanted a week off. Totally get that. But man. The point that I, I was getting at, though, is... Okay, so let's say that you live a lifestyle because this, you know, because I can see this in other people because that was my issue. We see things in, in other people that we deal with ourselves or that we have dealt with ourselves. So it's really easy to spot and go, hey, right there. That's the, uh, that's, that's the problem. Um, so if you've got an issue where you're living a lifestyle, you've got to go out, you've got to party, you've got to hang out with the crew or whatever, and you're going to have fun. Um, let's say you don't drive drunk. Let's say that you're not a blackout drunk. Um, or if you do blackout, that you're, you're fun drunk. You're fine. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't wreck your car. You don't uh, wreck your uh, friend's house. You don't cause trouble you don't get kicked out of bars you don't get arrested um john didn't you get arrested eight times i got arrested eight times that's not it's not about me we're just talking about in general all right so but let's say that all this happens however because of your lifestyle it's affecting your attendance your performance at work your responsibilities on a regular basis and you know it's a problem but you continue to do it because this is you know because oh, my mental health I gotta have some fun I can't be all work and no play right but you keep doing the same cycles 
but you don't consider yourself an alcoholic or a drug addict because you don't need to use. You don't need to drink. But you do because of boredom or because you can't sit at home. You can't miss this. You can't miss that. You got to do stuff. But you don't consider yourself an alcoholic because you don't fit your image of the alcoholic that shakes and needs a drink that can't get by without a drink it's not it's like i don't have to drink but i do because it's fun but it's still destroying aren't you still an alcoholic but the thing is is that maybe you don't like that label fine but so you're not that kind of an alcoholic but you still have a problem don't you it's still wrecking your life Don't you need to take care of that the same way as somebody who is your definition of an alcoholic or drug addict? Aren't you still exhibiting junky behavior? Aren't you junk junky behavioring it up? It's not a not a verb, I get it. Um, it's still something that you have to take care of that you that you probably need help with when you say it's interesting to think about that that I mean there's varying levels of addiction there's varying levels of self-destruction but what happens is is that over time it may not be a problem now or it is it's just starting to be a problem but ultimately it's going to be even a bigger problem because that's what happens. It's like I can still keep it under I can still keep it in check. I can still it'll be fine. I'll keep going and you keep going. It gets a little worse, a little worse. You burn a few bridges here, you burn a few bridges there. Sooner or later you get to a point where now you can't, you know, now you can't maintain employment. You don't have any more connections. Your family's not helping you anymore. You burn the bridges there, and then you've got no one. And then you end up, I mean, and this is assuming that you don't get yourself killed or OD. It just keeps going and going. Now, I'm sure there are some people that can maintain, you know, ah, I fucked up this job, I can get another one. And then you just, and then you, you know, I've seen them. That's the thing. I've seen people do that. But ultimately, at some point, you turn around and you're 40 and you don't have anything stable. And you realize you've been treading water for fucking two decades. The bar's still 22, but you're 40. That's ultimately why I quit drinking. It wasn't the arrest. It wasn't everything else. It was I, I was tired of it, and I turned around, and I was going to be turning 40. I think it was 38 at the time. It doesn't matter. It was 38 at the time. But anyway, but I was sitting there going, I don't want to be here when I'm 40. 
the problem is is that not everybody has the luxury of um, doing a downward spiral and not bottoming out and getting themselves killed or completely ruining you know prison or whatever else you know it's uh it sucks but it's something it's it's a perspective that you got to if you're dealing with it, it's like, do I just take a break? Do I do my sober October break? Kind of refresh, kind of see if I can maybe readjust uh, behavioral patterns. Try to form some good habits. Maybe. That's the thing. Everybody's different. I don't think... Uh, it's one of the biggest problems with uh, 12-step is it just assumes... Um, there's no flexibility. It's just like, uh, all right, everybody got to fit to this. And that's why it doesn't work for everybody because people are on varying levels on different paths. Um, but therapy's easier to get a hold of. So that, you know, luckily, if you're in that kind of spot where you don't need a drink to get through the day, but you've got a, you've got a self-destructive lifestyle, Stopping drinking is not a difficult thing. Like like putting a pause on it and stopping. Forming the new habits and then not going back into the same patterns. That's the hard part. And that's where therapy can help. And if this was a sponsored podcast, maybe I would bring up better help right now. But... <laughs> uh, I don't I don't endorse any you know I, I don't know I don't uh, um, gig economy a, a, a gig economy therapist it sounds like a bad idea to me honestly but a, an actual therapist you do actual therapy you can get a hold of it maybe you can get uh, you you have you're in a better spot than the than at the spot where you have to constantly be using and numbing yourself um, in order to get through it. It might be easier. It's going to be hard regardless, but it might be a good idea to start getting help now before it gets worse. Because it will. Best case is it stays the same and you tread water indefinitely for years and years until you get help or until you start working on yourself that's best case worst case is it gets worse that's all I'm saying well I appreciate it I appreciate you uh, sticking with me on that um, stillsoberpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. I will say, um, like I, uh, I briefly mentioned, I don't have any sponsors. Um, I find it strange, incidentally, that podcasts, people on podcasts, um, and YouTubers. YouTubers are the weirdest because they try to be monetized on YouTube. Then I like to think of themselves as, uh, you know, they've got the freedom. They've got, this is my job and I don't have to work for corporate you know, I don't have to censor myself, but you do have to censor yourself. So, because in order to, to avoid a video getting demonetized, they avoid certain words. 
which is weird that they avoid certain words, especially if it's like a murder podcast, but they can't say, you know, suicide or, you know, rape or even sexual assault. Like they can't, they like, oh, I don't want to, you know, demonetize this horrific video about a murder. That's the whole thing is it's like, oh, we, you know, we don't want to uh, to be offensive. We don't want to say any curse words. We don't want to say any uh, triggering words. But we're going to tell you about a jogger who was eviscerated. You know, uh, we're going to go into uh, details um, and I'm going to read them. But uh, but it's, you know, it's going to be safe, safe words. So it is not to uh, trigger you except for the evisceration. Visceration tends to not be as triggering because it's a large word and some people don't know what it means until they have to Google it. Uh, but I also, like podcasts, I've heard different people, it's just, you know, it's, uh, oh, you know, independent, like free thinking. I can do whatever I want. Then they read, have to read commercials. That I tell you what, I would, I would absolutely, if I had a sponsor, if somebody wanted to actually sponsor, they don't, by the way. I, I'm aware that I do not have a large enough audience to, um, to have somebody ask me to sponsor. A lot of people, you will hear uh, YouTubers and podcasters talk about, oh, so-and-so that are a sponsor of this show it's not a sponsor. Like it's not like people gave them money and say we want this show specifically. It's just that you read it, and then depending on the amount of views or listens that you get, you know, it, you get a percentage. You know, it's it's voluntary. Like anybody, like I could read an ad, and then it would qualify for possible you know funds and the thing is that I don't want to do that that's annoying it's I would do a commercial I would have a commercial on my podcast if somebody sent me an audio commercial put this in the middle of your podcast and it was somebody else if it was somebody else if it was another ad already do I'm not doing reads I'm not doing reads you're not gonna hear my voice push a product that I was paid to do and to pretend like, you know, oh, I've tried this product. Let me tell you, it's great. I would probably with liquid IV because that actually on a daily basis, working in a warehouse and walking around and doing a lot, um, drinking too much coffee, vaping, you know, consuming, um, vaping tobacco and consuming caffeine I need to drink more water and fucking liquid IV keeps me from cramping up. That's, that's, I know that's an ad, but that they're not paying me to do that. It, it legit is the shit. I, I highly recommend it. Um, the other thing I would recommend is, um, Kraft Mac and Cheese Deluxe with the Deluxe because I never remember to get milk. It's like, uh, that's like the hack thing. It's like, we don't, you know, my wife has almond milk in the house. That's the only kind of milk that we have. And um, 
I don't uh, use milk for cooking or any of that. So it's like just the, the at least the deluxe is the packet. You can just squeeze the cheese in there. It's kind of like Velveeta, right? But uh, I highly recommend. That's what I recommend. I recommend that. If you have kids, spend the a little bit extra and do the Kraft Mac and Cheese Deluxe. Don't get the box with the powder. Or craft and craft cheese slices. Do crafts cheese slices. Do not cheapen out to save a fucking dollar and give your kids shitty uh, Hill Country Fair or off-brand or H-E-B brand cheese. Don't do that to your kids. Give them craft singles. I know this is my childhood coming back, but I'm telling you, when I found out the difference in pricing between going off-brand and going just craft. It's like I, I would have taken my allowance money and just handed it to my mom and like, get the good fucking cheese, ma. What are you doing? All right. I don't know where that came from. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, I'm going to have a birthday. Uh, real. I'm doing a lot of work. We're fucking busy at work. And because of that... <clears throat> former co-worker who's no longer working there, I've got more work to do. So I'm going to be working, except for my birthday, I'm going to be off and I'm going to try to have some fun. Um, maybe there'll be a story of, that I get out of it. I'll tell you about it next week. Appreciate it. See you next week. Later. Inside. Disconnect the telephone line